Welcome back. You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Karen Koho, this Friday afternoon. Happy Friday, everybody. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, April is Stress Awareness Month, and we're already halfway through the month. So it's a great time to talk about stress in our lives, what causes it, how we can recognize it, and what we can do about it. And I'm really excited to be joined in the studio now by Rima Kanna and Jimmy Wan. Rima and Jimmy are the co-founders of a service called Breathe Counseling. So Rima and Jimmy, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for coming in. Now, uh, we are also on Facebook Live. I hope we have sound. This is the (laughs) first time I'm doing Facebook Live from this studio. You look great, guys. So if you want to head over, uh, any listeners, if you want to head over to my Facebook page, it's Karen on RTHK Radio 3. And you can see as well as hear Jimmy there. So Rima and Jimmy, First of all, let's maybe tell us a bit about yourselves and uh, also how Breathe Counseling came to be. Maybe, Rima, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, well, Breathe Counseling came to be, We, um, Jimmy and I um, went to um, Hong Kong University together. And uh, while we were doing our practicum training, um, which was both at a school, we um, ended up having, due to the pandemic, having to conduct quite a bit of um, online counseling. So it was very much how we needed to adapt mm. in a specific period of time. And, um, and maybe Jimmy can add to that. We, we really saw the benefit um, of conducting online counseling and all the positives of that compared to face-to-face. So um, particularly because of the pandemic, it, it was just the right step to take ahead um, in creating the company. Mm. Yeah. Um, we were actually quite fascinated about the fact that a lot of students were more willing to reach out to us um, online during the pandemic. And we asked them, like, why, why reach out now? Like, why didn't they reach out earlier? And we found out, like, a lot of students felt that when they were able to reach us at a private location of their choice, mm. Uh, somewhere that they feel safe and comfortable, they were more willing to show help-seeking behaviors. And also, that was the case for a lot of parents as well, because usually when we work with um, the individual, we would also like to engage with the family as well Mm. to provide a very holistic level of support. Of course, And what we saw was like when we were operating face-to-face, a lot of parents kind of were a bit hesitant to come to school to see the counselor because of probably stigma or right. location and time. But when we switched online, they were super proactive. They wanted more support. And as such, we were quite inspired by the idea of online counseling. Absolutely. And we saw that it works. It worked, yeah. That's absolutely. really interesting. So so you have a team now uh, working at Breathe, right? And what, right. what what are your backgrounds, like your qualifications and... Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm... Uh well, I, I took a, a huge amount of break in between. I had my two kids, so I did my bachelor's and my master's um, in literature. <laughs> That's and always good. Yeah, literature teaches diff- you a lot about um, human nature, right? Yeah. Exactly. And um, took a big sabbatical and went back um, to, to do my counseling degree about three years ago. Um, the reason I did that, um, and I think that's, a, well, that's my personal story, but um, my mom, I, I went to seek a counselor myself and um, she went through a quite uh, long-term cancer um, treatment and being a, you know, sole, well, not sole caregiver, but, you know, I had a lot of caregiver burnout. Right. So that um, sort of 
led me to seek counseling myself. And, you know, the benefit of that was so tremendous in my life that, um, yeah, it was just something I, I, I got into, you know, having seen a counselor and going through psychoeducation myself was really the determining factor why I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and for me, um, I had a psychology degree and then, um, and then I did my master's mm-hmm. at HKU. Our whole team are actually graduates of um, the HKU Master of Social Sciences Counseling Program. Mm. And we are all part of the HKPCA, which is the Hong Kong Counseling... Uh, uh, the Hong Kong Professional Perfect. Counseling yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, and I, I also had quite a similar story as Rima. Like, mm. I think since I was young, I always felt touched by people's stories, by what people share and... I've always felt um, drawn when people share um, some of the most intimate um, details of their lives, and I just feel naturally called to move into whatever they're sharing and to find ways to help them overcome whatever challenges that they share with me. Yeah, Mm. and I think the team itself was um, another thing that our team is a great thing is that it's quite a diverse team. Mm. So we have quite a few languages on on board. Oh, Um, so what languages can you cater to? um, We we have French. We've got Mandarin. We've got Hindi, Cantonese, Cantonese, English. English. Yeah, so that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. Quite a few. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I'm curious about, which I'm sure some listeners are also curious about, is what's the what's the difference between a counselor and say. I'm um, going to see a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Sure, sure. I, I'll let you take this one. This yeah, is a, that's a, a that's frequently a great question. asked question. Yeah. <laughs> FAQ. <laughs> yeah, a lot of clients ask us this question before they make their initial booking. So I would say as counselors, we are like the first line of defense for people's mental health. And we try to promote early intervention. So for example, we don't want to wait till people's mental health deteriorate before we intervene and we use various uh, preventative measures through therapy to make sure um, Mm. clients troubles are being uh, handled at an early stage and in terms of like the target clientele we work with people um, who feels depressed uh, they're dealing with anxiety issues, or they want to just improve their overall relationships with others, friends yeah, and family. Definitely. Yeah, and this is quite different from a clinical psychologist, for example. A clinical psychologist uh, works from a pathological model, so they use various mm-hmm. assessment and testing to give a diagnosis for their clients. and. Their clientele mainly focuses on those with like severe mental illness. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like like Jimmy said, we really are the first line of support. That it's more of a preventative measure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're trying to keep people mentally well, so they don't become mentally ill. Ill, yes, yes. correct. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, yeah go the ahead. Psychiatrist part, if the, if you want to know, yeah, the psychiatrist part is a oh, is yeah. another layer that w- I mean, obviously, we deal with. Um, you know all all these lines of support and we if we do see somebody who is mentally ill we have you know the means to connect our clients to you know right so you could refer someone refer if someone if out. you exactly. like on the first assessment you feel like oh you actually need some very specialist help that's right exactly. but you know obvi- um all these three groups of people um professionals actually work together you know if mm. you're seeing a clinical psychologist you may also be seeing a counselor 
you know, people work as a team and hand in hand to give you, you know, the, the, the most, most appropriate, appropriate supportive care. Right. Okay. Now you launched Breathe. Is it about a year ago or slightly yeah, under a year? Yeah. Yes. So how how busy have you been? I mean, what what has it been like <laughs> since you launched? Yeah. It's been it's been quite busy. Um, we um, obviously had a couple of hiccups in the beginning it's an e you know it's an e-commerce so you know figuring out all the nuts and bolts of that um but yeah we've definitely experienced that uh, people had to overcome some you know stigma against coming online um especially older people mm -hmm. um i'm sure the young people are like this is great i just this is another <laughs> thing i do on my phone yeah, this is another thing everyone's uh, actually behaviorally adapted to online um you know whether it's working or you know interacting yeah. with their family members so this mm. was um a space where i think younger adults found it much easier than yeah. older adults and you know there's a lot of back and forth with how how does this going to work and making sure people are comfortable with you know the concept of online counseling, although we do provide face-to-face -face for, you know, individuals if they're Oh, you feeling, do as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what kind of um, problems did you find you were having to deal with? What, what it, you know, what does it say about how Hong Kongers' mental health is, is going? Sure, sure. Um, I would say that there's been a, obviously a chasm of things that people have been, you know, facing. Um, definitely to do with you know um being too close-knit with their family being forced to be together during the pandemic i think that definitely has increased a lot of anxiety and stressors at home um fear of you know their children you know not developmentally learning enough because they're not at school and not having face-to-face -face learning we've seen you know anxiety for example in teachers because they're unable wow. to travel back home because you know they they're unable to see, see their families and you know this this new way of living and this disconnection mm -hmm. of you know not knowing what's going to happen and what to expect it's um it's hard on people yeah, yeah. do you have any stories you can share with us of, of you know like situations that you had to help people with i think um yeah generally speaking i think uh, a lot of people because of covid-19 they have to work from home and then as Hong Kongers, we all mm -hmm. love to work, but then we don't spend that much time with our family or with people that we love. But with COVID-19, a lot of people are just working from home and they start to realize, oh, they would really like to learn more about how to communicate with their families, <laughs> how to just live with each other and be happy together. But I think work has been a form of escape for a lot of people. Right. And... COVID-19 has given them the opportunity to rebuild what truly matters to them, rebuild the relationships that really, that it they might care have been about. ignored. Right. <laughs> so, so people who were basically gone all day at their office, office. or maybe traveling yes. out of town, they're suddenly at home going, ooh, it's not so much fun here now. <laughs> yeah, I've got to spend way more time with you than I'm used to. <laughs> who are these people? And why are they here all day? Yes. Yeah. So I think that's been, that's been a struggle. And, you know, just knowing how to create um, your own space, even when you're in a tight space. Mm. So learning habits, you know, of how do I, you know, draw some boundaries when I do need space and when I need a little bit of quiet time. So a lot of people actually don't know how or have those skill sets and how to how to draw those boundaries mm -hmm. with certain individuals in the house, whether you're a mom or you're a wife or, you know, 
there, there's there's a lot of um, tension yeah. in these households. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard it. I mean, it, it's interesting. You hear people saying, especially of of um, families where, for example, the husband is at at the office many many hours a day or yes. traveling all the mm-hmm. time, and they're suddenly home, and 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 wives saying, you know, okay, you're not allowed to come to me and ask me what's for lunch. There's a kitchen <laughs> there. Go find your lunch. <laughs> or you can't use the entire house as an office, right. and you're walking yeah. around with your cell phone, and everyone else is on Zoom, and you you know, it's just it's not a normal Saturday Sunday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think people definitely felt they they needed to draw some boundaries, but also let people in as well, and just finding mm. that balance. Mm-hmm. And not getting too stressed and upset about it all yeah. the time. I think that's you know where where they kind of come to us and yeah. to find that yeah. that balance of you know how do I exist in this new reality? <laughs> so walk us through how an online counselling session works. I mean, say if someone is out there thinking about, you know, maybe I should talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. What what are the steps to to get to finally talking to somebody? Sure. Do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the most important first steps to take is to choose uh, the right counselor. Yeah. Mm. And I encourage each client to like look through the profiles of your counselor, see whether you can relate to the counselor and whether their, for example, their cultural background or whether mm. their educational background meets um, the standard of what you're looking for. Yeah, particularly in Hong Kong, I would say, I mean, we can point that out maybe, that mm-hmm. a lot of, there's no um, jurisdiction on who can counsel or not mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, unfortunately. And um, that's a big barrier. Like, that's something we want to, you know, at Breathe, we take quite seriously because, yeah. um, you know, you really should have the, the proper qualifications oh, to be right. doing this. Oh, so there's no regulation on counseling. So no. I could just set up. You a website. A oh, I could be a counselor. Yeah. Could be a counselor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Side job. So, yeah, it's just to be able to make sure, like Jimmy said, is to check on their educational background and make sure that they're accredited and going and being part of like the Hong Kong Professional Counseling mm. Association or the the you know British one or American one, etc. You know, just making sure that the counselor is you know doing their due diligence and keeping up with you know um, the requirements, but at the same time also knowing. Um, that you like you said to connect with um, the counselor, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah, if you have a connectivity on that cultural level, that that counselor will understand you better, and yeah. that therapeutic connection is really important mm. if, in order for you to open up mm. and just really and feel comfortable. Feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I, and and to that point, like I think counseling, what we find is like a lot of clients come in and they say, it was such a great experience because I I do have my family and I have friends, but the reason why this feels good is because I have no sense of guilt about unburdening my feelings. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people feel that if they do tell their family members that they'd get stressed out or worried. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of like next steps, yeah. so like after picking yes. your counselor, um, it's quite s- simple. Like our clients will have to fill in like a short intake form for us to understand more about their general well-being, for example, we try to learn more about like how their sleeping habits has been, mm-hmm. their eating habits, mm-hmm. and whether they've been in low mood for a prolonged um, period of time. And based on the intake, we would be able to get um, a brief picture of the problems that the client is facing, and we will prepare accordingly. Yeah, or what they might want to work on, and what what's their you know what is their goal for counseling for example you mm. know just to kind of reflect on that yeah, yeah. 
And sometimes for clients who don't know who to pick, like right. it, it can yes, be a daunting task. Yeah. How do you know? It's like, oh, yeah. that person looks nice. I like what they're wearing. Or <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so we'll do the due diligence. Like after they fill in the intake, sure. we will match our clients based on th their speciality and to find the right match. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Do you, do, you ever, do, you ever, do you ever find that people start with one counselor and then it doesn't work out and then they have to go to somebody else? Absolutely. Mm. That is very it's very normal that's normal okay yeah and that's that's okay I'm, I'm we haven't had too much of that but I mm. think people are quite intuitive about when when they read something it's been it's been quite 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 a good match yeah but I think it is definitely something that can happen and if you don't feel that you're connecting with your counselor and you're not going to be able to be completely genuine with them you should definitely request a change. Mm, okay, no, and you won't get the other counselor won't get offended. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no. I think um, it could be the other way around too. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's usually not the case. Yeah. yeah, but there are there are instances where you know there's a. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then after that, do, is, is it then um, time to book a session? And, and how long do the sessions last? And, and what are they like? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So after like picking a counselor and doing the intake form, like our clients will pay online and then they'll receive a link to their uh, session. And for individual counseling session, each one lasts approximately 60 minutes. And then we also provide a family therapy and, and couples, couples therapy, therapy. Oh, okay. as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, and that's interesting because sometimes couples are like, do we come on from a different computer each or do we sit together? <laughs> and what's the answer? Well, you could do it either way. So, okay. I mean, if you are, ideally it would be nice if they if were sitting, together. In the, sitting, mm, yeah. Yeah, sitting in the same room because I think it creates... Um, a, a real kind of setting where you know apart from the counselor not being there yes um, yes but of course there are constraints so yeah you know, we've exactly got to work with the world we have <laughs> exactly <laughs> i just want to tell listeners if you just joined us we're um talking with um rima kana and jimmy wan who are the co-founders of breathe counseling which is a new online counseling platform that they set up and we're also on facebook live uh, if you go to my facebook page karen on rthk radio 3 you can see as well as here rima and uh, jimmy there now I said at the beginning, okay, April is Stress Awareness Month, and let's talk about stress because it's one of those words that's thrown around all the time. Even from when, for example, you know, our kids are little, they'll say, oh, I'm so stressed, I'm under stress. But tell us really, what is stress? I mean, what, what's the clinical definition of stress? Okay, that's, um, I'll let you take that one. That's it. Um, stress <laughs> is almost like a feeling of tension. You just know that yeah. something feels unease and you're just waiting to alleviate it. And I think a few ways to identify stress is to look at um, your emotions, whether you're feeling agitated all the time, whether you're just feeling not quite yourself, a bit like restless. out of, yeah, restless, restless or yeah. out of character. And um, another way to look at stress is also your thoughts. Like, what type of thoughts are coming onto your mind? Are you constantly thinking of things that it will make you feel negative or f make you feel just worn out? Worn most out of or the not time? quite like yourself. I mean, I would say stress could be something, a word we would use is anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sometimes anxiety is um, helpful. 
<laughs> right. Yes. Mm. I, mean, I mean, it's really important to have anxiety. I, w- there's always the flip side of it. It's that, that fight and flight response. Yeah. Mm. Um, when we see a car coming towards us, we need anxiety because otherwise we won't. We'd get run anxiety. over. <laughs> um, but we also have anxiety that is detrimental, you know, which is preventing us from doing things that we wouldn't do normally. So if it's affecting mm. your daily functioning, like you're not, you're sleeping in too much, you know, mm. and you're not actually getting all the things you needed to get done that day, or you're not sleeping enough and mm. that that lack of sleep is causing you not to you know work or function the way you normally do i think these are definitely signs that you know it's it's overwhelming right okay yeah. people are very good at ignoring signs like that aren't they yes <laughs> <laughs> definitely um, yeah um, i think people can try to suppress it but it'll always come back out one mm. way or the other and i think Part of counseling is really about like learning to regulate it in a healthy manner and yeah. just having like coping techniques to allow people to be able to like not wait till their stress is hyper vigilant or yes. hyper regulated. And, and you know, yeah. you, you notice this in clients a lot um, where people have let it manifest for too long. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to just show up, you know, in behavioral patterns, but it can even show up in other ways. Like it could be your stomach. Oh, right. It could be, you know, an upset stomach all the time. Or So it's interesting that um, it seems like pretty often stress will manifest itself in a physical condition. Condition, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the range of, the, well, you just mentioned stomach, but what's the range of other conditions that, that stress could sort of affect? Sure, headaches um, are a big one. Mm-hmm. Eczema. Oh, um, really? Yeah, just... Um, Sometimes your body reacts in funny ways when you're really stressed out. Um, mm-hmm. Insomnia okay. is a big one. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say in Hong Kong, I would say stomach is a big one. Yeah. Stomach. So you stomach see stomach issues, and you know. So that's quite a common thing that people will complain to you about. about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Or even um, hormonal. Sometimes um, you have irregular periods. Mm-hmm. That could be, um, you know, stress-induced as well. And and do you find men and women also um, handle stress very differently? <laughs> I think guys don't like to talk about stress. Yes, and um, I think, yeah, for a lot of male clients that come to counseling, um, I think talking about their emotions might be a challenge and it takes quite a lot of time because I think as mm-hmm. a guy, we like to... Uh, talk about like facts or talk about like how to problem solve but it's always something that's external it's never really about how we feel emotionally yes but I think once they are given the space Mm. men are like once the the floodgates open it's great (laughs) (laughs) once they open they really open yeah it's interesting you say that Jimmy because in the show that I normally do on Fridays on Agenda Cafe we often talk about how men find it difficult to express their emotions because they don't they're not brought up to be expressive about them you know they're brought up to sort of say you know be a man be strong Mm. you know don't cry don't be too emotional and so then it's hard for them to find the vocabulary to to talk about it exactly it's not i think it's not our second nature to talk about our emotions and because i think guys are trained to talk about like content or something that's very external or like um and not look inwards no, yeah you know? not they're look not, inwards they're not they're yeah. not really conditioned to look inwards and, and yeah. if some of them are they they kind of suppress it as well so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so then, when you when someone approaches you, do they normally know what they want to achieve, or or are sometimes they're just coming to you saying, "I'm just not feeling right, and I don't know what it is." Yeah. Both, both. It could have. It could be both. They could come in with a very specific need. This is what I want to achieve. I'm, you know, I have this goal, and they're they're quite um, psychologically intelligent. Mm. <laughs> On the other hand, there are some people who just are a bit lost and they don't know what they they want. So, yeah, we're here. We're there to help. Just figure that out. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to take a very short break for the um, 2.30 news headlines. But to our listeners and to our our viewers on Facebook Live, just stay with us. Um, I'm going to turn the volume down, but you'll still be able to see Rima and uh, Jimmy there. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. And a quick check of the weather before the news headlines. Mainly cloudy with one or two showers. And the current temperature is 25 degrees. The relative humidity is 80%. It's 2.30 now, time for the news headlines with Anne-Marie Evans. The District Court has been hearing mitigation from seven prominent pro-democracy figures convicted of organising and taking part in one of the biggest yet peaceful anti-government protests in August 2019. An estimated 1.7 million people joined the protest against the now-shelved extradition bill, but police had only given permission for a rally in Victoria Park. Four people, believed to be from the one family, have died in a fire at a public housing flat in Sao Maoping. Two others are in hospital. The victims are aged between 2 and 40. A local restaurant chain has admitted asking staff to get vaccinated against COVID or face suspension. The U Banquet Group says almost 90% of its workers have or will soon be inoculated. The group's chair, Chung Ka-ho, said it was his firm's social responsibility to ensure the safety of staff and customers. The news from RTHK. Thanks, Anne-Marie. And you're listening to The 123 Show this afternoon with, with me, Karen Ko. And we are talking with Rima Kana and uh, Jimmy Wan from <laughs> Breathe Counselling. And we've been talking about um, both counselling and also about stress. So if we, if we look at... Um, we looked at some of the symptoms of stress. Mm-hmm. How can people then actually help themselves? I mean, what, what do you recommend that they do if, if they are having stress? How to address it? How to address it? Well, apart from coming to a counselor, there are things that you can do. Um, and I think one of the big things is to slow down and listen. Um, really listen to what's going on. If you know that you're really feeling stressed out and there's a hundred things on your plate, for example, that day, maybe start eliminating some things or choosing um, and I think definitely slowing down will help and it might even get worse when you slow down because you're actually realizing what the stress is right and, you know acknowledging the stress but really slowing down and just taking a little bit of time um, reaching out to loved ones yeah. I think connectivity is really important not to feel alone um, during times of stress um, yeah, and apart from that, of course, um, if it's something you can't handle, then definitely reach out to a counselor. There hopefully is not too much stigma around that. Um, yeah. We do find that with the younger people, there is less stigma mm. Um, mm. rather than the older crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so tell us about that. I mean, you know, mental health has long been stigmatized in, in, everywhere around yes. the world, and, and particularly in Asia. It's, it's kind of been seen as shameful or that there's something wrong with you. Mm. Um, how do you feel that's changing? Is is it changing? 
I think, yeah, uh, like you mentioned, in Asian societies, like people tend to be very open when they talk about their physical health. But when it comes to mental health, there's almost like this um, silence that, that like it's a, it's a taboo to talk about mental health. But I think it's changing and it's changing quite fast because people are becoming more aware of um, their emotions. They're more aware of how their emotions affect their quality of life because we can have a really good physical health but still feel very sad inside, just still feel very demotivated inside. And I think as such, um, a lot more people are starting to care about their mental health. And I think it's also important to, in the past, a lot of people talk about mental health from an illness perspective. Right. But mental health isn't just about like alleviating illnesses, but it's really about how to promote your well-being, how mm. to promote... Um, happy feelings, how to promote better relationships. And I think with a greater push in promoting mental well-being, people are becoming more open to talking yeah. about their mental health. I think that definitely removes the stigma. And also just um, in the general workforce as well. So we have some corporate contracts and, mm. you know, just being supported and it being accepted, like, for example, by your employer. Right. Um, and yeah. then providing you with, for example, during the pandemic, extra mental health support is really beneficial. And people see, well, you know, well, I'm not going to get um, ostracized for seeing a counselor. Actually, my employer is telling me I can get some extra help yeah. because it's been really stressful is, um, you know, a real promotion of mental health. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, definitely corporate sponsorship helps a lot because it then it normalizes it. And also yes. mm -hmm. if the company's willing to pay for it as well, it's that obstacle is sort of taken away. Absolutely. It, is that a big obst obstacle for people that they feel like I can't oh. spend this money on seeing a counselor? You know, it's, yes. it's too definitely. expensive. Or, definitely. Um, and that's one of the reasons we have breathe. It's um, and why we're doing it online. It's um, we don't have a brick and mortar setup. So what we have is, and if we do see someone face to face, we pay for, by the hour. But um, having it online means that we are saving on costs. Mm -hmm. And you know, at seven eighty, I would say we are probably one of the cheaper <laughs> counselors out there. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to make it affordable and accessible for more people. So that's that that was that was a really important um factor that Jimmy and I wanted to do which was bring it into our mission and vision was just to get as many people um help as we could. Um yeah, yeah. and we're trying really hard to um allow people to see the value of like um of counseling yes. cuz I think like a lot of times like some people spend on yeah. like shopping therapy or staycations right. but if their internal things aren't worked through it's hard to feel joyful in those places so I yeah. think yeah part of counseling is really to allow our clients to work through um, those stuff and then they can enjoy all the other lives. stuff yeah. they like <laughs> to spend money on. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when you think about it, it's true that one of the ways we divert is we, you know, go and spend money on a big meal or, you know, alcohol or whatever. Mm -hmm. What are some of the behaviors, common behaviors that people do to avoid <laughs> dealing with their actual problem? Yeah, there's, oh, there's, a, there's lot. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some people go to pain. Like, I mean, that's that's the other that the sad part of it they mm, go like into harming harm, yeah harming mm. and you know that pain pleasure principle so that's um an, a way they alleviate that 
um, yeah, and I think addiction. Like, yeah, alcohol, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even entertainment. Yeah. Like a lot of people try to fill their days with entertainment, but then they're not really addressing the root cause of the problem. It only allows them to beat around the bushes, sure. and then. I think, yeah. Would you mean like obsessive video gaming or? Oh, we see that a lot. Yeah. Yes, so definitely yeah. like escapist Escape, behavior. Yeah. 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 So there's there's a lot of that, especially with the younger generation. I mean, anyways, it's you know we we know how much uh, you know start, everything's released right when we're on our iPhones yeah. or whatever <laughs> it is, and um, you know uh, you know to the point that some people uh, you know tremble. Um, mm. It's become such a behavioral pattern that it, it's creating these brain responses mm-hmm. so it's um it's really about getting people to slow down again yes. and really recognizing what's going on and is this how i really want to go forward and it's right. not just about what happened in the past but being a bit more present and thinking about future thinking yeah okay yeah because yeah. you obviously you you don't want someone to be in counseling forever yes exactly. Right. Want them exactly. To- <laughs> we want them to be functioning on their own and you know in a in a in a positive manner yeah. so mm, okay now of course one thing that everyone is suffering from is pandemic exhaustion so mm-hmm. we're all under some kind of mental stress we have been for more than a year now it's just gone on so long you know lives have been disrupted in so many ways and obviously for some it's been economically devastating as well mm-hmm. what are some ways we can relieve the stress of you know being in that kind of situation for so long and with the end still not really in sight Right. Um, yes, exactly. Pandemic. There's always questions. What? When is this going to end? When is this going to be over? When? When do I stop wearing a mask? Right. <laughs> um, there's a yeah. There's a whole bunch of stressors. Um, but I think the idea is how do we cope with uncertainty, mm. and how do we learn to live with uncertainty and change? And because there's changes happening every day, the school schedule changes every day, yeah. the government policies are changing every day with regards to the pandemic travel policies etc so you know what we do as counselors is to look at you know what do we have what do you have that is certain and what do mm. we know that is uncertain and how do we cope with that so mm. it's a lot of psychoeducation i suppose yeah definitely definitely <laughs> yeah. um but yeah my, we can you know there's different things that people can do on their own as well which is like more mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, definitely breathing mm-hmm. is okay. a big one. I think that's very, very regulatory, yeah. especially. Um, it's been scientifically proven to you know help regulate, um, you know, the brain processes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also journaling is quite big as well. Like um, I always encourage my clients to like write out some of their thoughts and feelings on a daily basis, like whether they encountered something that they're grateful for or something that they feel upset about. I think journaling on a day-to-day basis would allow people to look back at all the challenges that they've overcome and all mm-hmm. the things that they can still be grateful for in the midst of a pandemic. And that mm-hmm. would really help shape... Um, their whole sense of um, sense of self and, yeah. mm. and also how they want to move forward. So, you know, yeah. we're all learning a whole bunch of new skills and we should pat ourselves on the back. Right, <laughs> true. It's the yeah. first time for everyone, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's something which is, you know, as a community, we're all experiencing together. So there's def- definitely a sense of like collective understanding as well. Mm. So, 
Yeah. That's great. Well, Rima and Jimmy, thank you so much for coming in and explaining stress to us and also explaining counselling to us. Um, it's probably something that people have heard about or thought about and if they've never done it, it's been great to, to learn the sort of ABCs of, of how this works. Um, do you have, um, if people want to get more information about Breathe, do you have a website or you have any social media that um, you would like to share? Sure, we definitely have a website. Yeah, please visit uh, www.breathehk.com. It's pretty straightforward, yeah. But we're we're not so social media savvy yet, but we're, we're going to get there. <laughs> for, the young, for the young people. <laughs> okay, well, thanks so much for joining for us on the 123 so Show much, today. Karen. It's been great. Thank you. And we've been speaking with Rima Kanna and uh, Jimmy uh, Wan from Breathe Hong Kong, uh, the counseling service that started last year. You're listening to the 123 show. It is uh, just on 19 minutes before three.